Welcome to today's episode of JA's Recipe for Success. I'm your host, Lori Salarulo, and I'm the CEO and President of Junior Achievement of South Florida. Thanks so much for joining us today. As you know, you know, our mission at JA is to prepare and inspire young people, to teach them to not only uh, get jobs, to keep jobs, but also to create jobs through entrepreneurship. And so we're excited uh, about the work that we do, especially today. I think we can all agree that financial literacy, personal finance, uh, workforce readiness is so important uh, to making sure that our young people have the security and the freedom that we all deserve to have uh, in the future. And so today's guest, I'd love bringing these people. And I just we just spent some time talking again. Um, I just think the world of this woman, I, I have not known her in that long, but just a mover shaker makes me want to get to know every little detail about her. And we're going to have that chance today. Our guest today is Marta Batmazian. She is the owner of Investments Limited, which is a real estate uh, investment company. Uh, Marta has been a teacher, professor. She's a community advocate, a family woman. Uh, and I just cannot be more excited about having her and we honored her last year at Light Up the Night. So Marta, welcome, how are you? Thank you very much, better than expected, thanks. <laughs> I know you were a little worried about all this, uh, but you and I are just gonna have an amazing conversation today. Uh, as I mentioned to you, our audience is, is two groups. One, the people who follow us and, and listen to our podcasts and, and our video show out in the communities and, and sometimes outside of our communities. And then our students, our high school students who can learn so much from people like you and the path up to your success. And so that's what we're gonna talk a little bit about today. I think, um, and, and by the way, I learn something from every single guest that we have on the show. And so I know that I'm gonna learn lots from you today. Mark, I think that it's important to start with, um, you, you come from an immigrant family, um, born, I believe, in Istanbul, Turkey. Talk a little bit for, for us about the journey, right? I don't mean the physical journey, but you know, coming from such a different culture, uh, and then I know you did a stop in the Netherlands and then coming to the States. Um, talk a little bit about that journey and oh, my son just made an appearance, our producer. Um, and, and just, you know, a couple of, couple of pivotal moments that um, formed your dreams and, and who you are and where you wanted to go. Well, I dreams change regularly somehow. Uh, I was born in Istanbul, as you mentioned, of a Christian family and as Armenian. There are three minority groups in Turkey and they all want to get out because somehow we feel like we do not belong there. Well, my parents kind of were very conservative, did not want to leave. They ventured to uh, as far as Netherlands. And I was actually the, the person who felt like 
United States was the place where the dreams come true. So I initiated the immigration portion. After I was enrolled in an American college in Istanbul, uh, which um, is was a branch of Columbia University, um, I became more acquainted with, with United States and the opportunities you have, the land where sky is the limit. So, of course, I wanted to come here, but immigration restrictions, well, it was meant to be. The school got taken over by the government. They nationalized it. They said, Yankee, go home. So that gave me the opportunity to transfer, come here and attend school. Um, well, I came to Boston uh, without any money. I had a couple of scholarships uh, that were not enough. So I became an au pair in Boston, in mm -hmm. Cambridge, uh, taking care of a nine-year-old uh, child. And no money, just room and board and attending college. So my dream was one day to achieve that American dream, but I did not know what that was. I met, two months after I came here, I met my future husband, who was a student at uh, Harvard Law and Business School, and he loved real estate. Well, I I was more of an intellectual type. I did not really think I was suited to business, but I watched him and I looked with a little $500, he was able to buy a three-story house that he was generating rent. And I said, geez, I've been here now for a year. Why can't I do the same thing? So I got my little whatever money I had for scholarship, put down a deposit, and I bought my own house, worked hard, and then, then I bought my second, third family house. Then I bought my third family house with blood, sweat, and tears, of course. I would go to the basements, uh, cleaning up, uh, scrubbing, painting while I was going to school. So... It was it wasn't easy. Um, it was very tough, but I accomplished. And then I got married um, to to the man who gave me the I guess the start. Um, I I followed him as an example, but it was very tough as a woman to do that. Here I had I have never forgotten in the seventies. I had three properties I owned. I could not get a MasterCard with $250 limit. When wow. I went there, they said, are you married? When I said, no, I'm sorry, you cannot have a, that time MasterCard was the card. I could not get a MasterCard. So, and it was, uh, it was tough anyway. I well, you know, as women, you know, I mean, look, I, I, I know coming up the ranks, right? There, there are some double standards, and there are some challenges that we certainly have to deal with as women. And I think some of that, um, a lot of it, has changed. Uh, and I think we've become stronger and better at at asking for what we believe we deserve and and our value. Um, 
And I still think there are women, especially young girls who, who struggle with that um, today. But I heard so many things in that story, right? So many ingredients to who you are. Um, you know, first, just, you know, your determination and your perseverance uh, first, just to come to this country. And then, of course, to make sure that you could get that education. The second thing I heard was how you watched your husband and watching and learning, right? And then doing. Um, and so I think that's so important. Um, and then, of course, you talked about the challenges as a, as a woman. Um, so important. But, you know, and it's interesting. I think I, I have to imagine that in Turkey, the 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 culture around women is even more different than it is here. Yes. Um, you know, and the challenges there are, are even greater than they are here. Uh, even today, I would imagine that that's true. Um, but you talked about watching your your husband. Now, your your husband, 45 years, which is amazing. Not too many people can brag about that these days. 46. Oh, 46. 46. And we work together. And we work together. <laughs> I don't know how you do it. That is that is that's an amazing accomplishment um, to work and live with someone for for that many years, and I think that's amazing um, and awesome. But but you talked about watching and learning him, and so he was to some degree he was a mentor mm -hmm. for you, right, in the business. Um, and so talk a little bit about that, and I'm sure that he was not the only one. Um, talk a little bit about the importance of that and how that helped you to become uh, who you are and successful? Well, my genre of reading is uh, biographies. Mm -hmm. I am literally addicted to reading biographies. I think I got a lot of my inspirations from learning from other people's experiences. Um, Alex, Onassis, for example, uh, just going really, really back. It was one of the very first biography I read. Uh, I'm not saying financial success is everything. Here is a man who succeeded financially, yet his personal life was in shambles. So it was such a learning experience that one thing I wanted to do, yes, I like to be financially successful, but I don't want to do it at the expense of my family, my children, my overall balance, uh, which I still haven't really accomplished. It's very difficult. I think it's the hardest thing in the world to balance that financial success with your personal, keeping your personal values and maintaining a stable family atmosphere, very difficult. I um, Has it been easy? No. I had ups and downs, uh, a lot of trials and tribulations, but it can be done. I learned that uh, at one time I, I had two little children, like really little, I was full-time professor at UMass Boston. Um, I started a business on my own travel insurance and real estate offices and the marriage and helping my husband. And I said, and all of a sudden they came to me and they said, we want you to run for Massachusetts Senate. I said, politics? I mean, geez, I, I really, I am anything but a politician. Well, you know, 
let me try that too. What that did brought me out of my shell, literally. And so I, once you run for politics, you can't be scared of anything. You'll be venturing the abuse you go through. I would get up at 3 a.m. in the morning and go in shaking hands at factories and uh, calling me you stupid woman. I mean, people abuse you. So uh, it was a it was a learning. Things haven't changed very much in politics. It hasn't changed, yes. But but it was again, it was a learning experience. So what 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 that taught me? Take chances in life. Try it. I, I became such a famous name in Boston. My name was all over on buses and trains and billboards. Marta Batmazian, senator. Well, you know, why not? Here, this woman, a few years ago, she was penniless, scrubbing floors, um, working hard, whatever she did. Now she may become the senator. And, you know, I came very close. I'm one of the um, highest vote getters against um, the incumbent with 17 people race. So I... Uh, that every little experience, whether the outcome is good or bad, is a learning experience. Mm. I don't regret. They say you want to go back in politics? Never. I never <laughs> will. But it taught me a lesson of being tough, being... Uh, I became a lot more articulate going on television and radio and all these interviews, battling. I was the only woman, by the way. Wow. Men and one woman, all the odd against. And on top of that, I have an accent. I know seven, eight languages that my accent will never go away. And uh, I was being ridiculed. But there comes um, Tip O'Neill, the Speaker of the House. He just comes and he said, You are a gutsy woman. I respect you. And you know what? I'm going to vote for you. You know what that does to your ego? Yeah. yeah. My gosh, the Speaker of the House said, I am gutsy. So, um, you know, I wasn't gutsy. I became one. I was subservient because I was told to be. Uh, you have to cater to men. You have to. My nickname was Doormat. People would walk all over me. So, but, you know, again, life experiences. I tell people I uh, do mentoring, do not let anything prevent you from taking chances. Even if you do not succeed first, try it and try it and try it. Eventually you will. I love that. Boy, that's some great ingredients, especially for our young people. And by the way, you know, for some of us as well, um, and I have thought about politics and running for office and the thought of, as you said, going through an election and, and the abuse and all of those things and the attacks on family and all of that is just not something that I've ever been willing to put me or my family in front of. I, I And I also think that right now I'm so focused on junior achievement and what we do and making sure that young people, as a parent, I know how important it was for my two children to make sure they had the skills, right, and the knowledge uh, and the passion, find that, to find their passion and to, to achieve success, whatever that looked like for them. And so that's where my full commitment goes right now, someday, 
maybe um, I'll think about that. It's something that I think is in my blood. I really want to do. Um, and like you, you know, you got to go for it. So I love that. And so many great ingredients. Don't let anything stop you. And our kids need to know that it doesn't always come easy. Right. And sometimes we have to step out of the box and out of our comfort zone exactly. to do something in order to grow, even if we fail. Right. That's probably when we we learn the most. You know, you talk a lot about being a woman, um, you know, to O'Neill coming to you and saying you're a gutsy woman and, and all of that. And you and I talked a little bit about this. And this is a passion of mine. And I, I can hear it sounds like it's one of yours. Uh, investing in the young women today, you shared a story with me about someone that you interviewed just recently. Um, and you know, share a little bit about that um, and what you saw and, and why that's so important for us as women who have established our careers. Why it's so important for us to give back and invest in these young women? Well, my... Um a controller was asking me, she handed me a pile of resumes a few days ago to go through. And she said, you've got very good instincts um, picking people to uh, for an interview. And this one lady who had zero experience and just graduating from FAU caught my eye and I put her on the top of the list. So Sherry, my controller asking me, how did you pick her up? She's got zero. I said, I see a lot of potential just looking at it. And sure enough, when that young lady walked into my office yesterday, in fact, um, uh, her family had immigrated from Haiti. She needed a little nudge and talking to her, giving her encouragement. I received so much more than she got from me. That young lady had the incredible potential that nobody had recognized, but it was in there in her resume hidden. And I looked at her, I said, what would you like to do? Well, she wanted to do a lot of things, but she did not really have, I said, no, look at me. Now let me tell you couple of things about me. I was just like you. And we started having that bond here. Probably she's 21, 22, just graduating uh, in December from FAU. Very ambitious young lady, but nobody held her hand. She said, my parents are here for over 20 years. They're still scared to speak English. They speak Creole. I don't want to be like them, but uh, I need some opportunities. If I walk into an office trying to get a job, I do not have enough experience. I said, but look, you went there, you did this, you always worked throughout your education. Look at the thing. Her eyes started lighting up and I said, my gosh, and I was thinking about our interview today. If I inspire, I hired her, by the way. If I inspire one person a month, that's going to make me the wealthier person. Uh, what I got from that woman, million dollar, probably it was equal to a million dollar I made in my internal happiness, in my internal 
satisfaction. You just, that's why I try to tell people who are afraid to get involved in the community, doing things. We've been doing things for 37 years since we moved here. Believe me, we got more out of it than we gave. And it's not just financial, it's mentoring. What I get, what I learn from those young people. When I was at that JA event, I saw your kids there, their entrepreneurial spirit, their enthusiasm. All they need is a little nudge from you, which you're giving. It's commendable. I mean, it was unreal that a 15-year-old kid will come up with the ideas they did that night. They set it up and they were explaining. When I gave my talk, all I was doing is I forgot the audience. I was looking at those kids and looking at their facial expressions. That meant so much to me. It 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 got my adrenaline uh, go up and say whatever I said. I don't know what I said that night. <laughs> you were great. I know you said I didn't prepare anything, but you were great. No, I, I don't prepare speeches, but just looking at them, what the inspiration you get, the adrenaline you get from these kids. Now I know why you do such a good job, what you're doing. It's because you are getting back. Yours is not a job. I see that what you're getting back from those kids is a satisfaction that no dollar amount can equal. And, you know, I just said that to someone yesterday. I said, you know, it's amazing. I've raised millions and millions of dollars over the last, you know, whatever, 15, 18 years in, in nonprofit, because uh, I came from corporate before. Um, and I said, and I've started programs, which mean much more to me, right? We talked earlier about, you know, some of the women's and girls. Now JA has started a girls program and I'm just so excited about it. My whole team is excited about it. Um, and because just being able to influence these young women and what's so amazing is that two of the women on our team, on our JA team, I sent them to the women's leadership class or program that I started when I was at Leadership Broward. They are now leading it. So to watch the people that work with me now leading something that I started, I'm so proud of them and proud that this program is still going on eight years. But I think, you know, you're so right, Marta, that I will tell you that the highlight of my career is not the money that we raise. It is, I mean, that's necessary and it's what I need to do. But what is so meaningful to me are the lives that we are changing. When you see the transformation of the young people that you talked about seeing at the event, going from kids who stand in front of you and you think, oh my gosh, they can't say a word publicly. They're, they, they can't look at you. They can't speak without looking at a piece of paper. They're stuttering. They don't know how to stand. They don't know how to dress. They don't. And then you see them several months later, working with mentors like you to build their business idea. And you think that can't possibly be the same kid. And it is. That is what is so rewarding to me. And that's why I love what I do. Yeah, I, I agree with you. So giving back to the community for me, I agree. You get back so much more. Um, but I love what you said about this young woman. And I love that you hired her 
because someone did that for me. They saw potential. It's like the people coming to you to run for office. They saw the potential in you. Um, and I think that this young lady will make you very proud because when someone sees that, even though you're frightened sometimes, like this woman that mentored me, I didn't know she was mentoring me at the time. I'd be like, I can't do what she wants me to do. Like, why is she asking me to do this? And you know what? But I wasn't going to let her down. Yeah. yeah. Right. And that's that's the key. Hello there, Mr. Patrick. Um, and so Patrick always that you can say hello to everybody real quick. Hi. <laughs> uh, our producer, Mr. Patrick. Um, and so I love that you talked about that. You talked about family um, and and being able to balance and juggle right all of the balls. And I, I don't believe that that there's such a thing as balance. I think it's more about integrating. Yeah. Are yeah. your is your family now in the business with you? Are your sons in the yes. business with you? Yes, but I I keep on telling them every day that there are. I'm a grandmother of three. Uh, in addition to, uh, they they work for our company, but they do not have the same ambitions. They do not have the same drive that their parents had. Uh, we got nothing from our parents with freezing fingers, walking with my college books uh, a mile or so in order not to spend 25 cents on the metro uh, was the way I was. I accomplished what I did. Uh, they do not have the value of that dollar that we, we had. Um, Yes, initial in their first few years, we we did not have the means. But afterwards, you know, they they went to good schools. They don't have student loans. They don't have any of. They didn't have to apply for scholarships. Um, just, uh, it's not the same. But yes, fortunately, I ended up raising two very very nice children. But they're not as independent as my husband and I were. Last night, ironic, my um, grand older, oldest grandchild, eight years old, my husband gives her a book, How to Invest in uh, Wall Street, something along those lines. I, I don't remember the title of the book. And my son jumped in. He says, Dad, she's eight years old. What are you doing? And he replied, my parents told me I, I was nine years old when I made my first investment in the stock market. And guess what? I lost money, but I learned. And as a result of that, I went and started selling tomatoes and um, uh, sodas in sports fields to make up for my loss because my parents taught me to learn from experiences. They haven't given him a nickel. Neither did my parents. Did I succeed in every endeavor I had? No, but I viewed them as a learning experience. And the, the first time I owned the house here, I was in this country for a year. And when I walked into East Cambridge Savings Bank with my, I had $5,000 scholarship money that time. And I was trying to borrow $25,000 to buy my first property, which is which was $30,000. Um, the banker threw me out. He said, who do you think you are? You're on a student visa here? And 
you're trying to be a landlord, get out of here. You know what happened? I went to three other banks. I got kicked out. I went back to the same bank, Mr. Lezovich, I have never forgotten, uh, who discriminated against me. And I ended up getting that 25000 from him. Now, that property is worth over a million dollars, way over a million. But was it, uh, it was in, in Cambridge, uh, Massachusetts. And this is something that taught me do not give up. You're, you're going to have setbacks. You will have a lot of Mr. Lezoviches who are going to call you, get out of here. Why don't you get married? You're only 21 and you've got the nerve to borrow 25000 Well, you know what? I did it. So, oh, yeah, I was competing with my boyfriend to show him off that <laughs> I, can do it. I can do it too. But you know what? Whatever the incentive is, it's it's a boyfriend, it's a mentor, it's whoever the incentive is. In America, the sky is the limit, especially for women right now. I commend you for encouraging women in leadership roles. My office is mostly women here. Yeah. And I think they have two X chromosomes <laughs> men don't have. They have one X and one Y. I always say that we're... We're better than men are, but we, we weren't given the opportunities. Now we have it. So That's right. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. We are given the opportunities and we can, you know, and listen, are there challenges and are there, I, I was interviewed on a podcast recently and, and the guy introduced me as one of the best female CEOs he knew. And so after we started to talk and I said to him, um, I would be even more flattered if you thought I was just one of the best CEOs you had ever known. And he went, but you are, you are. And I didn't mean that. I just, and, and I said, no, I'm not offended. I yeah. just want you to hear what that sounded like. Yeah. Right. So are you only comparing me to other women CEOs or are you comparing me to all CEOs? Right. And so I think that making people, and I said to him, I'm not offended. I'm flattered. Right. But I want you to hear what that sounds like on the other side. And so I think that it's important for us to educate people. Look, I have a son with a disability. You saw Patrick there for a minute. Patrick has Down syndrome. You know, I had two choices when I was on the playground when Patrick was a child, when when people would take their children and pull their children away or they would, you know, the kids would look at, at Patrick and not be sure about, you know, they knew he was different, but they didn't know why. I had a choice. I could get offended. I could get upset. I could never go back to that playground or I could educate them and teach them that, yes, he was different, but this is all of the things, the wonderful things that he brings to this world and to our lives. And so we have a choice as women to shy away, back off, right? Um, or to educate the community, our organization, the people we deal with, our vendors, our partners, uh, about who we are or what our abilities and our passions are, right? And what we can bring to the table. Exactly. And that's exactly what you did. And so you're my hero. I, I, I've got a new hero in life. Um, and I love what you're doing, Marta. Um, and, and you talked about one thing. I just want to touch on it for a second. You said something earlier about being in business and, and, and doing some of the things that you've done that sometimes you have to really 
be very focused on maintaining your values, especially with politics, right? You mentioned going to politics. It's so easy sometimes, I think, for us to, you know, give up our values because we think it's going to get us to where we want to get to, right? And so, but maintaining those boundaries and those values is something you touched on and I have a feeling is very important to you. I, I guess um, a lot of those values I got from my grandmother. Um, by the way, I just completed my biography that hopefully will be published next year. Um, my, my grandmother survived a lot of hardships, uh, turn of the century, and she survived. She ended up living with us here in Boca Raton and passed away age 100. This woman was probably the wisest, um, kindest, the, the more, she wasn't educated, but she was born with that wisdom of inspiring people. She taught me a few things that never burn a bridge with anyone. Always be gracious. Um, she will be hospitable. You never know when you will be needing someone. And don't ever say anything bad about anyone. All these little sayings. And then she had a lot of proverbial sayings that uh, you can't translate. Unfortunately, they were in Armenian. Um, when you know someone is bad, uh, she would call them the garbage. She would say, there's a garbage can here and make sure you keep the lid on. In other words, do not be confrontational. So those are the, the very archaic, um, you know, not big things that we learn in school, values that this woman on a day-to-day -day basis inspired me. Um, she did not have the education, but she went and scrubbed floors in an American college in Istanbul so that her children can go and get educated. Mm -hmm. So wow. the things that I learned from this woman have we still continue uh, after she passed away age 100. Um, when my husband makes a boo-boo, I at a corporate meeting, I kick him under the table and I say, Grandma, and he knows what I'm talking about, uh, is grandma says, grandma. So um, these are some of the values that she lived. Actually, our children were, well, they were almost close to teenage years when grandma passed away. And then, of course, my mother, who was a businesswoman from day one. I mean, she, in Turkey as a minority, she was able to build a building. And I mean, the things they have done. So I had my inspirations early on from my family that um, has helped me a great deal. It wasn't just me. It came from someone 
from the family. So I don't yeah. know if that answered your question. Oh, yes, absolutely. Strong role models, right, who instilled those values in you that you still live today. I love that. I, so I want to just read back some of your ingredients that make up your recipe for success. It's really interesting when you read it back, you just think, wow, you know, I, I you don't think of all that. Although you've written a book, so you probably have a lot of this in there. Um, but you talked a lot about, you know, making sure that you have that dream and sometimes those dreams change over the years, right? And so always making sure that you're aware of it. Perseverance, watching others and learning from others, um, facing the challenges, right, head on. You talked about not shying away um, to try, come out of your box and your comfort zone to try something uh, new and different. Um, I love, you know, even through your reading of biographies, learning from others, um, you know, it's okay you talked about trying to find that balance. Um, and, but the fact is you keep trying to find it, right? You haven't, exactly. but the fact is you keep trying and you are aware and conscious of the importance of all of those different things in your life. Um, maintaining your personal values, living those values, uh, taking chances, hard work, um, seeing the lessons, right? Because everything is a learning experience and there are lessons in it. Um, not to let anything stop you, right? That that gutsiness that you talked about, some people call it grit, right? Not letting anything stop you and going for it. Um, encouraging others and giving to others because you will get so much more back. And I, I love that one. Seeing the potential in others um, that you can learn from anyone, doesn't matter how young or old or what their experience has been, but we can learn from each other. Tenacity, um, uh, I've been called re relentless. So I use tenacity, relentless. I took that as an insult the first time, but now I take it as a compliment. That means I'm just passionate in my pursuit <laughs> of things. Um, and I am relentless, especially when it comes to my family. Uh, the children that we serve, the young people that we serve, to making our community a better place for my friends. I, I am relentless and I will always be relentless to protect them and to fight for them and to advocate for them. Um, yeah. You know, when there's an incentive work, whether it's competition, whatever it is, use it, right, to help you get uh, where you're trying to get. Um, and I love that one. I love your grandmother's never burn a bridge. My father always said, be nice to the people on the way up because <laughs> the same people you need on the way down. Yeah. Um, and so I think that was a common value back then. You know, not saying anything negative uh, about others or bad about others and, and trying to find the positive. And, and if you can't, then just don't say anything. Uh, and I love that. This is an amazing recipe. I want to hear more about that book on another day. And so when the book comes out, we'll have you back on uh, to talk about that. Um, but everybody has one main ingredient. I know I can, I'm sure as a European, you love to cook. Um, and I, I know I do. And being Italian, Spanish, there's always a main ingredient in, in every recipe. What is your main ingredient to success? Oh gosh, that is so hard. Everyone says luck has something to do with it. But if I have to sum it up in one word, it's probably tenacity. Mm -hmm. um, more than anything else, it's tenacity. And I see that in my spouse also. He just doesn't give up that tenacity I learned from him. Um, all of the others you summed up so beautifully, so much better than I articulated because 
I feel like, well, I'm babbling, talking, telling you everything, but you really got the keywords, which is amazing. You're an incredible interviewer. Um, but uh, I, I cannot emphasize the importance of tenacity. Oh, yeah. If you want me to sum it up one word. Yeah, I, I love that one too. And I think that's amazing. Um, as I said, you and I, I, I I'm not letting you go. Uh, I told you you're stuck with me and um, I look forward. I really want to hear about the book. Um, when you're ready, we'll go to lunch uh, and we'll do that on our own without everybody watching. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about that. And um, But I want to just say thank you. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for opening up uh, to us and to all of our viewers and to our students, who you are, right? Things that you have gone through, being so authentic with us uh, and so vulnerable. And I really, really appreciate that. And one thing I will say, I'm waiting for the day where we can actually interact. I want to go and hug these kids. I know. The importance they all want that night when I was hugging them at your event, what what they felt was, she's hugging me. I just want to come and hug those kids physically, yeah. hopefully without a mask very soon. That's I know. Well, you know. And listen, I mean, you know, we have, we have children in our remote center right now because the parents have to go to work and they can't afford to pay for a learning pod, right? Somewhere in, in somewhere else or, or start a private learning pod. And so we have close to a hundred students in our building each day. And it is hard not to be able to hug them, but we show them love in other ways and they're doing their learning in the morning. And then we're doing fun activities six feet apart. Uh, but I just love walking through. As a matter of fact, I'm going to head there after I'm done with our interview. And just because I just love walking through and seeing the kids there and knowing that we're helping these families. We're helping their parents stay working, right, so they can keep their families out of hardship. And we're helping these kids to continue to learn and to play and to build their confidence and teach them our lessons as well. So anytime you want to at least come see them, you are more I than welcome. I will. Thank you so much. Thanks, thanks, for you, Marcus. thanks for being with us. And Thank thanks you. everyone for watching. I know we went a little longer today, but so worth it. Uh, I know for me and I'm sure for you that there's so much to gain uh, from this interview. And I look forward to seeing everyone on our next episode of JA's Recipe for Success. Thank you. Let's get cooking.